You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast, and I'm your host, Emily Cummins. You know, we're all on this grand journey, becoming who God made us to be. And that's what this podcast is all about. You'll hear stories of fellow warriors becoming who God made them to be. And you'll discover resources designed to equip you on your own becoming journey. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's episode. Hey, Becoming Me, I am so excited to introduce you to my warrior friend, Kayla. Kayla, welcome to becomingme.cv. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. And y'all, Kayla is not a stranger to Becoming. Um, We hosted a warrior conversation with her. We'll have the link to that conversation in the show notes so you can connect and watch that conversation. And Kayla has just become such a dear warrior friend to me. Like It is such a gift from God to know you, even though we're literally across the country. Um, But you've just been such an encouragement to me. And I am so excited for Becoming Me at TV to get to know you and your story today. Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, Oh yeah, girl, we're claiming that. (laughs) Yeah. So before we like dive into your story, I would love for you to take a minute and just unpack who is Kayla. Like if someone isn't familiar with Kayla, who's Kayla? (laughs) Well, I am an AZ native. Um, I was born in Virginia, but I've lived here my whole life. So I'm technically a native. It counts. Um, I love the Lord. I've been leading worship since I was a teenager and just always on a journey to serve God in some capacity, musically or creatively. Um, And currently I work at Generation Church in Mesa, Arizona as their brand director. And I'm involved in all things creative and fun and exciting and also mundane, but it's truly a dream job. And I'm so honored to be a part of what God is doing in Arizona through this church. And um, yeah, and I've been married for four years to my husband. We have two German shepherds and we are currently uh, knee deep in an infertility journey. And yeah, that's, we'll share more about that later, but that's like the bulk of who I am today. I love it. And y'all, that's originally even how Kayla and I connected. So I lead communications at Church Pope in Ocala. And we reached out. I was like, hey, can I pick your brain and just learn from you? And so she's giving me a tour of her building and I'm getting so inspired. (laughs) And then as we just kept talking, I just felt this warrior friendship connection with you Mm -hmm. um, beyond just professionally connecting. And so it's been such a journey, a privilege to be on the journey with you. And um, I'm so glad we Zoomed to talk about church communications. And now I know. Yeah. So cool. (laughs) Yeah. I love how God does that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I would love for you to just take time right now and unpack your story. Like what's made you who you are today? What's your journey? What's your story? Yeah. Um, okay. have like bullet point notes just to keep me on track. Cause I tend to ramble, um, <clears throat> when I get nervous, but, uh, so yeah, like I said, born in Virginia, but raised in AZ. Um, my parents got divorced when I was young and I was, you know, um, in between houses a lot in my childhood. Um, I lived with my mother, excuse me, for most of my childhood and it wasn't a great environment. It wasn't healthy. Um, there was like a lot of like emotional neglect there. So I don't have like a lot of clear memories of my childhood, but, um, 
you know, I've definitely sorted through that through therapy, which has been great. But, but yeah, so then when I was 15, I decided to make the choice on my own to move to my dad and stepmom's house. And um, the two environments were like polar opposite. It was like going to a God loving house one week. And then the next week, it's just like neglectful, emotional, you know, like not, not much going on. Um, so yeah, that's like a big part of how I'm structured today. I'm very reserved. I'm, um, slow to speak. I'm an observer. I tend to, you know, take the back seat when people are talking. Not anymore though, but that was like how I was raised and I wasn't really raised to show emotions. So these past four years of my life, I've been like really diving into who I am, what I want, how I want to emotionally react to things, my diving into my emotional intelligence, myself, my spiritual awareness, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I currently don't have a relationship with my mother. Um, and that's just like a personal choice that I made. And, uh, even though it is a two-way street, it never was a two-way street from her to me. So, you know, like at a young age, I had, I had to make the decision to cut off that relationship so that I could heal, I could grow, I could continue my life um, without being held back by the thought of like what could be, or if if she did get healthy, or if God touched her one day and like she was really on fire for God, would I? And I don't know. Right now, I'm just I'm content. I've always known what I needed from that boundary. Um, and yeah, it's, it's weird to share, you know, some people are like, really, You've ne- you don't, you haven't seen your mom in four years. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon. That's just like my story. That's how things have gone for me. Um, my husband met her once and that was at our wedding. <laughs> and we haven't seen her since. So it's just like, yeah, that's, that's how it is for me for that relationship. And that was like a big part of who I am today Mm -hmm. and uh you know having such traumatic or emotional trials at a young age when you're still trying to figure out like what the heck is going on and also you know the polar opposite environments that you're in and it's just like not a great uh concoction for a super healthy person without God or without help so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah girl (laughs) um but yeah so like I said I moved in with my dad and my stepmom when I was 15 and it took me a while but I eventually started like really attending church and really getting plugged in and I was always the sibling out of the four of us who was excited to go to church And wanted to wake up. And even if like the car ride there was terrible, I was excited to be there because I was serving, I was doing something. Um, Even though I don't, I don't think at that point in my life, I really understood what was happening or like who God was for me. I, I believe wholeheartedly that I set myself up for success by just going to church, you know, with my parents out it wasn't an option. I didn't have a choice, obviously, but, uh, but yeah, it, it did wonders for me. So, 
started going to church. I learned guitar. I found out I could sing and I started leading worship randomly um, because one of the youth directors or something like that was like, hey, can you sing and play guitar? I was like, yeah, I guess, kind of. I know four chords. <laughs> um, and so they're like, okay, lead this women's girls night women's ministry thing. I don't know. Um, so I did. I just grabbed my little guitar. I probably sang like three songs and it was just me. And I was still, you know, learning and figuring it all out. But that was like my first foot in the door of worship and I enjoyed it. And I've been leading worship ever since, um, you know, in and out of different churches from 16 to 30, but I've always been striving to do something within worship, whether it was working in worship or just leading worship, you know, as my serving time for God. Um, and yeah, I, I've been leading worship ever since. And it's like, a it's a big part of who I am. And um, I've grown so much through worship. I worked at a church when I was, I think, 17, that same church that I got started at. So I got a job there in the worship department. And um, my mentors were great. I learned a lot. I was being challenged. I was still like, brand new to a healthy atmosphere. So it was still like, a struggle for some things. Um, and then that church ended up it like, it didn't work out. My mentor left for personal reasons. And then I, you know, it was just like, it, that wasn't where I was supposed to be. I needed to just move on. Um, and that was hard. Cause that was like my first church. I grew up in that church. I learned so much, um, but I'm thankful and I wish them the best and they're doing great. But it was just like, that was my season. It ended. But I feel like I grew and I realized like, you know, I can't control every situation, even if I'm great. Some people might not agree, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Like what, what happened after that? Ooh. I know girl. I'm like, I, I love <laughs> just the different, like, and I'm already even seeing, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you here, but I'm no, you had the warrior conversation too. And hearing some of the themes and the different, like almost chapters and seasons in your story, you're unpacking. I can yeah. see how different themes, so, which we'll get to, but anyways, go back. Like, this is so, so cool. Thank you for unpacking for us. Oh yeah, of course. I feel like, um, it's so common. Like, people hurt you businesses hurt you it's not the thing or it's not god it's just people and um that one really hurt it took me a while to get over that i um i continued even though like my blinders were off i continued to kind of lead worship for some things and then i just like slowly backed away and just stopped attending um and then i took like a two year break from having a home church and I just did like contracting at a gold Canyon church, which is like a very older generation atmosphere. So I went from like here to like over here, it was wild. So I wasn't doing anything for myself spiritually. I was just going, going to church, leading worship for a congregation that I was not like really committed to or connected to. Um, 
and yeah, I, I probably did that for a year or two with some friends and, um, it was fun, but it was not life-giving. I was not, uh, like really connected to God in that time. So I was still going to church. I was still leading worship, but I was not, um, doing my best to make sure that I was, uh, grooming and helping my relationship with God blossom during that time. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know what, what switched, but I feel like in my early twenties, um, I just started dating. And I think that was like the thing that broke my shell and helped me realize that I needed some like independence and like, who is Kayla going to be? Um, yeah, I don't know. I was always like, like I said earlier, like reserved. I sat in the back. I didn't really speak up. Um, most of my friends were like family or school friends, but I switched schools in the middle of the year. So even those friendships kind of dwindled. So I was kind of like a loner in a way, but you know, I think I had fun most of the time <laughs> by myself. I'm good company sometimes. Um, but yeah, so I think like just having that mentality always um, and just kind of like going through the motions, going to work, coming home, going to school, whatever, repeat, rinse and repeat. It was always like the same thing. I didn't branch out. I didn't really try. Um, and then, yeah, I, I don't know. One day I was just like, I'm just going to start dating because I dated, but I was just like people I knew, you know, it was like a friend of a friend or a family friend. And it was easy or someone from church, but I never like put myself out there and um, like was trying, I never put myself out there and I never like actually tried to figure out who I want to be with, how I want my family to look, how I want my future to look. Um, and yeah, that was also a crazy time <laughs> dating, um, especially in, I don't know. Yeah. 20, what year was that? I don't know, but I was, you know, 10 years ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, that was wild. And <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I was like, fully on all of the apps none of them really ever worked um but I was I was just accepting opportunities I was just accepting dates because I was like I don't know what I want I don't know who I want to be with so why not just Mm -hmm. do it and um that was terrifying because I'm also like super shy I hate small talk because I don't like especially at that time like what do you do for fun like nothing (laughs) I work and I go to school um so yeah that's rough but yeah so I just dated and I I don't know my family was shocked at that point they're like who are you what are you doing because I have never like just gone on a date with a stranger you know Mm -hmm. so it was a lot of like okay you're gonna just go out with a stranger right now (laughs) (laughs) like yeah I am (laughs) um but honestly that was like that was so fun for me the dates weren't always great the guys weren't always great but it was like an opportunity where I was pushing myself out of my comfort zone I was learning to speak for myself I was setting boundaries with family like I did not introduce 
everyone to who I was dating, like so weird. So, you know, that was new for them, me setting boundaries. It was also new that I like had this glow, glow up of independence. Um, and that I was just doing what I wanted to do. Um, but shocker is that I did meet my husband on Tinder. You did? I did. I did not know this. I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, at that time, back up a little bit, I was at a local church leading worship. I just like church hopped a little to figure out what I wanted. And I ended up at a church in Gilbert, um, like pretty big, pretty well known. So it was like comfortable. A lot of people went there. I could just like go in and sneak out and I didn't have to like talk to anyone because there was a lot of people. So um, I went to that church for like a, a year and then I started serving on the worship team. <clears throat> And I just took a leap of faith on myself. And I just like, I, I don't even remember how it happened, but I I think I emailed the worship pastor or worship director or something where there were auditions or however it may have happened. But I ended up auditioning. I was uh, added to the team. And through that process, I met my best friend. Um, and it was just like, the best time of my life. I had so many church friends, my best friend, I was leading worship with her. Um, I felt like I was finally on the trajectory up, you know, and I was just excited. I was learning so much. um, And it was just so different than anything I had been a part of church wise before. So through that connection of worship and my best friend, my husband, Andy, was also leading worship at a church and has been leading worship at a church in the Valley. And if you've ever been to Arizona or know about the Valley of like worship leaders, it's like very close knit. There's a lot of connections. Um, So he's been leading worship forever too. And my best friend was like, hey, I think I have a connection. Like I have a guy that he's really cute. And she like, just like showed me a picture real quick. I had no idea what he looked like really, but I just saw the beard and the guitar and I was like, yeah, that's great. (laughs) Let's go for it. (laughs) So, uh, she kept saying like, Oh, I'm going to introduce you. And, um, turns out that his brother was at the church that I was leading worship at. So his brother also knew of me and was like, yeah, I could see it. So they were all like talking together and Andy was in a small group with all of them. And it's just like small world, super small world. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so they kept saying like they would introduce us and um, we just ended up swiping right on each other on Tinder. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Because they never did introduce us. They always said they would and they never did. And, and it's funny when I tell that story because people are just like, oh my gosh tinder and she's like yeah like there's normal people on there like yeah it is it's what you make of it like it's not how it is it's just how you treat the app and that's what I did at first I was just like going on dates but then I was like okay I'm getting older so I really need to like be wary of my time and Mm -hmm. you know how things are going so um but yeah, so that happened. We dated 
for a year. We got engaged. And then the next year we got married. So it's just been like this whole crazy journey of like the worship culture. And then my husband and we have like a small group of people that are all within the worship culture around the valley. Um, yeah. Wow. So that's how that happened. That's so cool. I love that. And that was what, four years ago that you got married? Um, yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's four years in March. We got married. Yeah. 2019. It's crazy. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> but so yeah, it, throughout like my whole dating journey with Andy, he is a very, his, his upbringing is completely different very independent his mom he also comes from a a divorced set of parents so he was like used to that uh environment but his mom was a single mom at a time and so she was like very um just strong and Mm -hmm. they always like were super independent they didn't really rely on mom or dad for anything um which I think she sometimes says like oh I wish I did it a little differently but they're like uh Andy and his brothers are just like no like we're good like you did great <laughs> and she did they're great men of god and um they're both very independent and um yeah ever since meeting Andy I was like pushed by him in such a great way to be independent to be strong to speak my mind um to be okay with confrontation, to be okay saying something, even if, if it doesn't come out right the first time. Um, and that was great in a sense, but also like terrible in a sense, because my family was not used to me speaking out for myself, basically. Um, and not necessarily in a bad way. It was just like, you know, Kayla's quiet, like Kayla goes with the flow, like, I was just kind of always there and kind of just like a a little wallflower. Like I didn't, I didn't have an opinion really. I didn't really care. I wasn't like super happy. So I wasn't like vibrant. Um, But when I started dating and focusing on myself and then finally meeting Andy and dating him and all of a sudden I was just like blossoming and they were not prepared. so that, yeah, that was a big part of like yeah. me realizing like, okay, the, the leave and cleave or how, what, however it is like, that is fully true. Like you have to leave your family and go with your husband and that's your new family. And that was like mm-hmm. such a journey because granted we we're engaged for a full year, which I do not recommend. <laughs> please do not do that to yourself. It was way too long. Um, So that full year, we're just like butting heads with families. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to honor my husband, but I'm also like the timid little girl that still doesn't know how to speak up for herself or like how to really communicate effectively and even sometimes respectfully. So that was like always um, a tension point because I was growing and evolving and they were like what is happening who are you like what is happening um so yeah that was that was super fun um 
<laughs> we've definitely like gone through it, moved past it. We've all said our apologies, but it was just like, it was a, like a crazy shift um, to go from like, just being a part of a super close knit family and then realizing like, oh, okay, like maybe I don't agree with everything that's going on and maybe I don't like have the same opinions anymore maybe I want to do it differently Mm -hmm. and just like in the process of also being engaged to a guy from tinder (laughs) and like learning him still learning his family like figuring out Mm -hmm. our life oh that was a lot (laughs) that sounds like a lot gosh yeah so that's why I joke about it but I truly do not recommend a long engagement like get it going so that's yes. advice for you Emily. I receive that thank you <laughs> that's the game. when you know I've heard when you know you know and then just yes. go with it just do it <laughs> <laughs> yes I received that girl <laughs> yeah um so yeah that was like a lot especially for a first year marriage um you know the the tension didn't end just when we said I do there was also yeah. like you know, some fallback after that. And and we were married and it was new and I was living alone with another guy, like for the very first time, like uh-huh. fully everything was brand new. And, you know, some, sometimes people don't know how to receive or accept that, like you're leaving or you're growing and your, your opinions yes. are different. Like how you react is different. And that's just like a really hard pill for some people to swallow, especially parents. Um, And my parents have said this and they were just like, I'm the first girl to get married. So that's also part of it, you know? Yeah. Um, And yeah, they're just used to little like wallflower Kayla. And when I blossomed... (laughs) Um, they had to accept that they were just Mm -hmm. not ready and they weren't ready to let go, even though Andy is a great guy and they recognized that he was a great guy. I think they were like floundering a little bit and trying to like figure out what do they do from here? And, um, yeah, Yeah. super fun first year of marriage stuff. (laughs) It's a big adjustment. Yeah, yeah, it's such a big adjustment. And it was a big adjustment for everyone. Like I have a little sister and okay. you know, I was living at home for oh, forever basically. Um yeah. and then, you know, I was just gone. So yeah. It's a big it's a big adjustment for people and right. um grace is great. Yeah. And I wish I knew what I know now back then cuz at the time I was just like why are my parents like this? They're like, why is this happening? This should be so fun. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't all bad, but, but yeah, that was like just yeah. a crazy thing that people don't really warn you for, especially when you're like, you know, like, especially when you're like living at home and yeah. you're under your parents' roof, but yeah, you're an adult and you're like trying to figure out your adult life. Um, right without your parents even though your parents are still there so yeah that's just a lot of like a lot of transition yeah Yeah. 
Yeah. And even like you said too, you're blossoming and you're growing and you're changing and you're really evolving from, you know, how you were being the wallflower, not being as talkative Mm -hmm. or as outspoken or, you know, vibrant, like you shared and you're growing and changing. And so then you're bringing this personality that people aren't used to and your relationship status has changed and you're moving. And that's a lot to adjust to yourself. And then mm-hmm. how other people are showing up like, wait, whoa, you're changing and we weren't ready for it. Yeah. You know, like, yes. that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And I'm, I'm glad I can look back now and be like, okay, like I get it. I get, I understand, like love my family. They all had great intentions and I hope they see that from my end too. Like I'm just trying to figure this out. I know they're just trying to figure this out. Um, but yeah, that was definitely a quick and harsh reality that I was not expecting. And um, that's what like really led me on the journey of like, okay, Andy, it's you and me, and we're going to figure this out together. Mm -hmm. We are not going to like, let other people's outside opinions affect us. Um, We're going to like honor our parents and our families, but we're not going to just continue the course because that's what has been happening for our whole lives. So we're going to start fresh with each other. We're going to figure out how we want to live, how we want to, you know, raise a family. And that's what we did. And wow, I don't know. I think, I think we've done okay so far. (laughs) We've done fine for four years, you know, we're still (laughs) learning. Um, But yeah, it's been like a super intense journey of just me having to figure out who I am and um my thank God for my husband because he's so different than me he's like the well-spoken guy who just like can come up with any response on you know immediately and I'm just like I'm a processor I have to figure it out I like I need a moment to really think what you said and then I need to craft my response Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so I think we've like leveled each other out in that aspect. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've been just on a boundary journey and figuring out how that looks for us. And um, like I said, trying to like turn a new leaf and start fresh and figure out like what works for us, what doesn't, what we want to do, what we don't want to do. And um, that is still happening to this day. Like we're still trying to figure out what the heck we're doing. Cause who really knows what's going on? Oh, no. We're all, we're all trying to figure out what we're yeah, doing. We're all just trying to figure it out. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm with you. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. That was like a lot, but that was where I, how I got to um, getting married in 2019. And then 2020 hit we bought a house like the week before covid wow which was insane and a god thing because it just happened it was like we signed our papers we got the keys and then that weekend everything shut down um we had a lot of friends who couldn't like be in our in our midst or in our circle right then because of covid and we had a lot of friends who were pregnant at the time. So everyone was scared. No one knew what was going on. So we were just like kind of 
alone. We didn't have many people to help us. Um, thankfully, we did have co-workers from church come help move, which was so sweet and such a blessing. But yeah, that was like a weird transition from yeah. just like figuring out married life and then buying a house a year later, COVID. And yeah, yeah. It, that was rough. <laughs> I know I it was that. rough for everyone, but yeah, it's just like so many wow. things you don't expect to happen. And um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, when I think about my husband, I'm like, dang, it's been a wild four years. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's been crazy. Um, so anyway, COVID happened. And then we were just like randomly one day, like, should we start trying for a baby? And we're like, yeah, sure. Like, like I said, we had a lot of people that in our group that were pregnant. Some already had kids. So we were just like, that sounds fun. I mean, we, at that time we had been together for three years, so it had, it wasn't like brand new. So we had time together alone and we were just excited to like see what happens. Like we weren't Mm -hmm. trying, but we weren't not trying, Uh you know? Um, and we got pregnant super fast in October. Um, and that was a shock because that just happened like we weren't doing anything special um and actually found out through a dream which was also crazy and this dream I just randomly had one night that I took a pregnancy test and it was positive and I woke up at like 5 a.m and I was like sure why not I I think I have some in my drawer so let's just take one and then it was positive yeah. And so I then took like 60 just to really make sure because <laughs> so weird, but yeah, it was positive. And then, yeah, I told Andy, um, in like a cuter way, I like waited a little bit and not, not a lot, but I waited like a couple hours uh-huh. <laughs> and just to get like a real pregnancy test that would say pregnant. Cause I felt like if I showed him the little one with the lines, he'd be like, what the heck is that? <laughs> um, so yeah, that was how I told him. And um, yeah, that was such a sweet time. And we were so excited. And our uh, Andy's brother had just had a baby the, like the day before. So we wow. were able to share that moment with them. Um, and at that time, they lived right down the road. So they were the first people we told. And it was just so sweet and cute. Um and super, super exciting. Um, and yeah, it was right before Thanksgiving. So we told all of our family, um, during Thanksgiving and yeah, it was just like the holidays were happening. It was, things were going good. We were excited. And then we found out that we had a miscarriage, um, in December, right before Christmas. Um, And that was like a missed miscarriage. So that was a lot of back and forth, like, okay, maybe the baby's just small or um, developing slower. Um, So it was a lot of like, maybe, but maybe not. Maybe you're good. Maybe you're not. Come back tomorrow. Take more blood. It was just like a full week of 
did we lose the baby or not? Um, and that was torturous. And I do not wish that on my worst enemy. It was just like, you know, you're just sitting there like, do I celebrate what's happening or am I, should I start the mourning process? No idea. Um, and then, so we finally got the confirmation that we did lose our baby. And like I said, that was right before Christmas and Christmas Eve services. Oh, this is a memory. Okay. The day we found out that we lost our baby, it was Christmas Eve service rehearsal. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. And at that time, thankfully, Andy and I were leading together. So we were still together, but we had no idea how to react. And so we went to work and we just did rehearsal and we sang all the songs and we, you know, cried later. But yeah, we went to work and we didn't tell anyone. We told um, one of the executive pastors just because she's like family. But even she was like, no, like no one knew how to react. Um, so yeah, that was that. Yeah, that was that was a big part of like, okay, Kayla, you need to stand up for yourself because through this whole process, I wish I would have known that I can say no or I can say, hey, I can't do that or I need to stay home. Um, yeah, I had I had no idea, and it was just. It was terrible. So we we did service. We still went to family Christmas. Um, we were just probably in shock and not really like accepting or feeling anything because still at the time, I was technically still carrying our baby. So <clears throat> nothing was happening. My body was not um, passing. My, you know, nothing was happening. So we had to go through life because we thought that's what we had to do. Um, we didn't give ourselves a second option because we didn't know that there was even an option. Um, and I, I do know that we both like regret not telling each other like, Hey, it's okay. Like they don't need you to sing that song. Like it's okay. Take the day off. Your pastors will understand your boss will understand. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we had no idea. We'd never experienced this. We, yeah. you know, so anyway, so yeah, we went through Christmas and, um, did all the things. And then, like I said, my body wasn't progressing. So I had to have a procedure done called a DNC. And that was a uh, new year's day. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, the worst holiday grouping yeah. ever. Um, and it was during COVID. So I had to go alone. Oh. Um, so yeah. it was just like a lot of, a lot of newness, a lot of intense emotions coming out of all the marriage stuff that happened and then like super exciting, super new, but still like being alone because you're isolated because of a pandemic yeah. And then going through the process process of losing a child and then um, having a miscarriage and going through all of that. And yeah, <clears throat> wow, that one, that one sticks with me. And it was just like, 
so lonely. The hospital was so cold and so dreary. And, you know, it's just, it's just so stinky. (laughs) It just sucks. Yeah. Yes. Uh, And I know like a lot of people have had that same experience. Um, Even if it wasn't during a pandemic, they had to do it alone or just like felt so uh, like not comforting at all. Like no one was really there for you. And I don't know, hopefully that would change, but I, you know, it's like everything is so business as usual. This happens all the time. People come in and out and um, even the verbiage that the hospitals use are just like very dry and sad and uh, factual. And there's like no fluff anywhere. Um, But yeah, so I brought that up because even though we had just been through all of that, I had a DNC on Thursday and I still went to work on Sunday and I was, my body was still going through the after effects of that procedure. And gosh, I don't know. I wish, I wish I knew what I know now because I feel so bad for who I feel so bad for that girl. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel so bad that I had to go through that alone that I couldn't um, give myself the space to grieve, to like take care of myself. It was, I've always been um, concerned with other people, especially at church. Like I felt like it was such an honor to be on a platform, whether I was just there or singing in the back or singing in the front. Um, And I was just so happy to lead worship. So I I disregarded everything just to make sure that like my church was um, being looked after, excuse me, that my church was being looked after and that um, like I was doing my job, Mm -hmm. even though it wasn't like I wasn't getting a check for being on stage, but that was my job. That was my commitment. um, And I loved it, but I did not have the awareness or even the like, knowledge that something as life altering as a miscarriage like you can just say no and I have been on that journey for ever since to be honest and uh, I still struggle with saying no but I feel like once our eyes were awakened to hey don't go or uh they don't need you they can figure it out they can schedule around you um once we like opened our eyes and saw it a little clearer, we were like, okay, let's make sure we're taking care of ourselves. And um, now I say no to everything. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <Just kidding. awesome. laughs> but I, it's true. Like I do, I do pick and choose like where I spend my time, especially if it's something that's going to be like emotionally triggering, you know, like yeah. a birthday party or a baby shower or a gender reveal or yep. I don't know, a pregnancy announcement. Um, or if it's just something random, like, I don't know, it's grandparents day. Like that is things like that trigger you. Maybe you don't recognize it, but it's just like, why would you put yourself through something that is not going to benefit you in any way? 
or you're going to be so distracted and so hurt by just being in the presence of whatever it is that um, it would just be better if you weren't there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's like, that's a whole thing. And um, that whole journey has led me to therapy. It's led me to um, open up about how I'm feeling with my husband, with my family um, and to create boundaries of like, this is what I'm willing to do. This is when I'm willing to put myself into, um, I can give my heart to this or I cannot. Um, and that's also been like a cool journey, but also super hard because, um, no one gets it unless you've been through it. Um, and you know, we, we had to learn, uh, that people, who aren't comfortable with grief kind of just like shove it back in your face a little bit or if they can't sit with you in a moment of sadness or heartbreak um that you you kind of just have to be okay with that and you have to realize that everyone is different and if they're not comfortable sitting with you in your grief then that's okay but you have to find an outlet for people who are or you have to like open up the doors completely and just be like, Hey, this is what I need. Um, this is how I feel our relationship has been since X, Y, Z. This is how I would want it to be. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was a lot all at once. (laughs) No, that, I mean, you have so many golden (laughs) truths that you've shared along the way. And, um, it's been fun hearing even more of your journey because like I mentioned a couple minutes ago with your warrior conversation, you unpacked the importance of boundaries and, Mm -hmm. um, it's okay to say no. And no is a full sentence as well. Mm -hmm. I think often we feel like we have to apologize to say no Mm -hmm. or give a reason and you don't have to No is a complete sentence. I don't remember where I originally heard that. Um, but it is a true, it's a truth that we can hold on to. And so I think even hearing all the different themes in these seasons and what's brought you to where you are today, it even gives me greater understanding. And um, I respected you before, but the Mm -hmm. respect I have for you and the struggle behind the scenes, it's so easy for us to look at somebody where they are now and not see what they had to fight through to get to this point. And you had to fight to get to where you are right now. And that's Mm -hmm. a big deal um a really big deal and what you've journeyed through yeah. is significant and um yeah you're a warrior you are definitely a warrior for sure so thank you yeah yeah it's it's definitely been a fight and even though like in the midst of all of these small fights that led to bigger ones or whatever I didn't recognize like that I was, I was fighting for connection at my mother's house. I was fighting for an emotional mom daughter relationship. It wasn't there. Um, whether she knew how to do that or not, I don't know, probably not. Um, but you know, I, I feel bad that she doesn't know me because I'm pretty great. Yes, you are. (laughs) are Yeah. It's just, it's sad because you know, like, that's just a relationship that she was willing to uh, not per- put effort into when I was still yeah. so young. Um, and, you know, at that time, I was not in a place 
to uh to lead that charge of like keeping my relationship with my mother because like I said I was I was still a minor I was still growing um thing you know so uh yeah throughout all of those like fights you don't see it while you're in in the midst of it but you're you know I'm fighting for connection I'm fighting for purpose I'm fighting to be accepted um there was so much rejection in my life really throughout the entire thing but so much rejection especially that stemmed from the atmosphere being at my biological mother's house of just like not knowing how to connect but wanting to connect and never really getting it and then being a part of a church that you're like oh okay I'm finally going somewhere and then like being looked over for any certain reason um and it was just like rejection after rejection you know dating there's always like some sort of rejection in that too um and it's just like a lot of me searching for some something bigger than me or for something that's gonna like click and the puzzle pieces are finally gonna fit and it's all gonna work out um but yeah I mean rejection is everywhere and it happens to everyone um but yeah I feel I feel so happy where I am now and I feel so like just sorry for that girl that was on that rejection route and just searching and not really knowing that like okay you're searching through like family or friends or dating or whatever it may be and I wasn't really connected to God and I think that's why I was just like you know constantly being disappointed constantly um confused or not really being able to feel whole or complete um and gosh it took I mean like I said I'm 30 and this all started when I was who knows who knows when it really started but you know it's been a long journey and uh I think finally I understand that um my confidence and my peace and my purpose only comes from God and it's crazy because you hear that all throughout the church world and scripture and any motivational speaker that loves the Lord that's what you hear we know your purpose comes from God your comfort he's your comfort he's your peace he's your savior xyz blah 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 but until you're like like really immersed in like this is who God is this is who God is for you and this is why you're coming up short because people cannot um they cannot fill you and yeah your source of freedom of hope of safety all comes from the Lord and I it's you know I've loved the Lord my whole life but I feel like I've just recently it's like really clicked like why am I searching for people or why am I getting so upset that they can't understand what I'm going through or they still say stupid things or um you know they're still insensitive yeah all all that stuff so yeah you know it still stings but I feel like my foundation is so much more solid because I'm like my eyes have been open to just the pure the pureness of God and the goodness of God but also like the fact that 
people do not do not even compare like even just searching through my husband like he helped me grow so much but he is still a human and he is still a sinner and he um is you know a person and he is not the end all be all god is and my relationship is and um yeah yeah i don't know that's powerful it's so <laughs> true too like we seek that validation or approval or satisfaction from other people. Mm -hmm. And the only true source of that is Jesus. But I love how you so vulnerably like brought us into that truth because we do hear that everywhere, you know, and until it's real for you um, and you experience that, like it is real, but you've got to find that for you. You can't Mm -hmm. just have it as this token, like Instagram posts you share on social media or something, you know, it has to be, in you yeah um yeah so you you mentioned in even how you introduced yourself um you're still on this infertility journey and I know you're in a Mm -hmm. new chapter and a season with your husband and if you're comfortable I would love to give you the space to kind of walk us through where you're at now um yeah so yeah yeah um so after we had our, our miscarriage we you know like I said still struggling through life trying to figure it out we didn't really wait for any specific reason we just like you know trying to figure out my body how things are gonna be from here on out um um so we just started trying and um we didn't do anything like special we were just unsuccessful every month and I think after like six months the timeline is blurry now but after a little bit and just like hitting a wall, my OB eventually basically just said, I can't help you. I don't know why you're not getting pregnant, but I can't help you. Here are some business cards. Good luck. Um, So I will never go to that OB again. But that was like a point where I was just like, what the heck? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I don't know what's wrong. Um, Yeah like, who do I call? Like, okay, you gave me three business cards, but how do I know which one to call? Like, so unhelpful. Um, But I just, I think I just was so frustrated and time was at that point, it felt like it was just slipping away from my grasp. Um, So I think I called all three of them and I scheduled appointments with all three of them because at, uh, I think it was, February, January, February at that time. And they were just like booked solid until like August. So I just was like, okay, well, that's not going to work. Let me just call everyone and get on everyone's calendar. And then I'll go to the first one that ends up happening. Um, so I went to, uh, a fertility clinic in, uh, somewhere and I rated great doctor, great success, yada, yada. Um, we were there probably eight, nine, 10 months, and we did a lot of different things. At first, we started with just like, uh, pills to stimulate ovulation and none of that was working. We did a lot of tests. Everything came back. You're good. Um, my husband did tests. He came back with flying colors on everything. So it was just like, what the heck is happening? Why, why is this happening? I've been pregnant before. This doesn't make sense. 
Um, so we did eight IUIs with this doctor. Um, the normal recommended amount is three. Uh, I don't know why we did eight, but I think we just kept adding more things or souping up a shot or adding more like medication. Oh, it's going to work this time, but it didn't. Um, and those IUIs were around two grand each. So we were just like shoveling money because we didn't know why or, you know, what else we should do. We're just trusting this doctor and trying to figure it out through that. Um, and after the last IUI, after that last one, we knew that our only options from here that we wanted to continue looking through uh, was IVF or adoption. And so we changed clinics. Um, yeah, no, no real reason, but I think we just needed like a fresh start. And the doctor we're currently at uh, was recommended through a family friend and they had success the first try. So it just felt right. And um, yeah, um, like I said, nothing against the first doctor. I think, I don't know. You never really know. Like I, I kind of, I, when I was there, I felt special. Like I would meet him at his desk. Like it felt real. But then the second I went to the other doctor, I'm like, okay, he knows my name. He's the one doing the appointments. He's the one like communicating with me. <clears throat> so I felt uh, more comfortable with him and less of like just another number coming yeah. through the office, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we started that uh last year and uh IVF is expensive so <laughs> we had to raise money um and that was a challenge too just because we had not really been open about fertility in any real capacity obviously with our family not with the world but with like our close knit people and like the people who we knew would pray for us um but opening that door and letting people in was hard, especially for me personally. But my husband also is not like a super open person. Um, <clears throat> and he's very independent. So thinking about like letting people into our most vulnerable season was frightening. And also asking those people to donate money was also frightening. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> But yeah, we like had this whole plan. I like wanted to make sure it felt um, legit. You know, like I didn't want to just be like, we need money and like throw out my Venmo because that's so weird. And I don't want people to think like we're misusing any funds because we had to raise $20,000 and that's like so much money. And um, so we had like a little photo shoot. We set up a... We, bought a website name just to you know keep it all consistent and I'm a brand director so I just like went on the creative route while mm -hmm. my husband was like figuring out the fundraising website and I just you know had some posts and um I tried to have as much fun as it with it as I could just because it's weird and it's vulnerable and it's not like I have like a million followers I have like a handful of a hundred, you know? So it's like, it also felt weird to be like, hi world <laughs> to yeah. my 
couple <laughs> followers. <laughs> um, but yeah. And um, so yeah, we pushed that out. Like I said, I can't even remember, but we pushed it out like fairly recently. Um, and we raised the money in four days, which was a complete shock and a complete miracle. A lot of our church family, our pastors, um, random people, people from our past, uh, you know, just everyone like really showed up, poured into us. And um, yeah, we we were able to start everything in January. Um, we are also like scared to ask for 20 grand right after Christmas. So, you know, that was a factor too, but thank God. And we, we raised it all. And it was, um, we, we even went over our goal a little. So our community really showed up and, um, it was really cool and exciting and also terrifying because, you know, we're like, okay, like maybe, maybe in two months we'll start, but it was like, okay, we have the money now. Let's just go now. (laughs) So we started this all in January. Um, we bought the meds and did the tests and like the whole process, the whole process is like four months long. So we're at the tail end of the process now. Um, but yeah, so we couldn't start until we had all the money. So we had the money and then we had to do, do that big chunk of change down payment, which was 10 grand. And then, uh, our medications were like around five. So we were already like chipping away at that blessing pot, but yeah, it's been really cool. And, um, we did our egg retrieval, uh, earlier this month and we have five embryos that are frozen right now. We're still waiting for test results to determine like how many are normal and um, can be transferred. But uh, yeah, we're just kind of like in the waiting phase right now, just waiting for results. And um, once we figure out how many actual normal healthy embryos we have, then we're going to transfer from whenever my next cycle happens. So sometime in April and yeah, we're, Hopefully we can transfer two embryos and get twins. That's what we're praying for. But, you know, anything at this point would, would be great. Wow. <laughs> we'll take one baby, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, <clears throat> yeah, it's been a crazy fast journey. Um, each month has felt like there's something super big and exciting. And then it's like two weeks of waiting. So it's just like it ramps up and then it slows down. But, uh, like I said, we're on the tail end. So we're just waiting for test results that should be coming any day. And then we can just like get this going and do our transfer in April and hopefully have a little baby Gergen by early 2024. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I mean, thank you for sharing your journey with us and inviting us into it. And what courage and bravery to invite the world into your journey. Um, That's a big deal. And it's also so beautiful to see how your community just rallied around you in Mm -hmm. four days. Like I remember watching that on social media and I was like, Oh my goodness. Like it just, it was special. Yeah, Yeah. It was special to watch people celebrate and believe with and pray with you guys. And um, 
I'm just excited to see what God's going to continue to do in each season mm-hmm. of your journey. Um, yeah. So that's amazing. I do know this about you, but I'm going to ask, um, yeah. what, what, how do you drink your coffee? Cause I know you're a coffee uh, drinker. I am a coffee drinker. Um, you know, I want, I want so badly to be like a girl with a specific order, like, <laughs> Like, oh, a latte with two pumps, uh, 165 degrees <laughs> hot. Like, I don't know. Um, splash of this. <laughs> yes. But honestly, like, my favorite drink is just, uh, like, the vanilla, mm-hmm. a vanilla cold brew. Um, or, you know, just coffee with vanilla flavoring and creamer is, like, my go-to. I'm simple, but I also like the fancy cold brews from starbucks mm. um but yeah i i so badly just want to be like i'll take my usual and it's like the stickers like this long i don't know why i want that but it just seems fun <laughs> maybe one day you'll have some yeah. unique order that still tastes like the vanilla latte but like yeah there's multiple things i don't know i i maybe. totally i'm tracking with what you're saying yeah That's i awesome. feel like it, it might be because uh one of my mentors in my when I was younger she had such a specific order and I I love her so maybe it's just like a little bit of me looking up to her but her order was like blank 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 but 11 ice cubes so that was her thing so specific 11 was the number (laughs) I love that and I worked for her so I would order her coffee sometimes but I was just like you're cool that's (laughs) awesome so if you were having a vanilla latte, iced vanilla latte, right? Or just like yeah. hot or iced. Okay. So iced vanilla latte yeah. with another friend and you're chatting, you're swapping stories about each other's becoming journeys. What would you say to encourage them to become who God made them to be? Mm-hmm. I would just encourage them to um, really focus on like if they know themselves fully um and that's like such it sounds so simple to say but it's true like unless you really know like what I like what I don't like how I feel respected how I feel loved um how I give respect how I give love um I feel like knowing yourself and also having a relationship with God is so important and it knowing yourself fully also just hand in hand will blossom that relationship with God because then you can like fully understand what he's doing in your life and why you're on this path and um where your past has brought you how where you started now you're here um you can like see the correlations and yeah I mean like I said earlier it took me a while to like really figure out who I was um but all throughout that I had a solid relationship with God, um, but it was not truly like fully unleashed until I was like, this is who I am. This is how my boundaries are. This is how I um, communicate. This is how I love. This is, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, Until I truly like really understood that my relationship was kind of like stagnant. I didn't feel like rainbows and butterflies all the time when people would say like oh god's got a plan you got this it's it's okay there god has a reason for everything and you're just like 
Cool. I know. I get it. I've read the scripture. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those. Um, But until I was like fully okay with who I am and not not fighting, um, feeling like I was letting someone else down just because I had changed or grown. um, That was a moment when I was like, okay. God, it's just you and me, literally. And um, I can't do it without you. And clearly, I've been doing a lot of things without you um, and not really recognizing it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Does that answer the yeah. question? I know that's so powerful. <laughs> like it, it genuinely is so powerful. And I think it, it in a coffee conversation brings together the journey you've been on to where you are now at chapter 30 of your becoming story, you know, and how you've really had to do the work of getting to know who Kayla is, who God designed her to uniquely to be and not allowing other voices to really um, dictate who you're going to be or what your boundaries are or what's important to you. Like you've had to learn to use your voice and we all need to learn that and why what's important to us is important to us. Like I just think Mm -hmm. you articulated that and empowered us beautifully. And I also love how throughout your story, you've equipped us and empowered us to um, when we change and we do this warrior work of discovering who we are, not everybody's going to be ready for that or understand Mm -hmm. it and how to give grace to ourselves and them, but also the importance of having boundaries that boundaries are healthy for all of us. So yeah, I love how you unpacked that. Yeah, that was really good. (laughs) Yeah, girl. So if somebody was like watching your story today and they wanted to connect with you online, they want to continue to pray with and for you and cheer you on in this journey with Mm -hmm. baby Kurgan and stay updated on all the things, where can they connect with you? Yes. Um, So all of my social media is just Kayla Gergen. And we have a Give, Send, Go page, which is was our fundraising page, but we're still posting updates of IVF. So that website is gergen.baby, um, which is so cute. <laughs> and so you'll cute. remember it. Yes. <laughs> I love it. But yeah. So we're posting updates and, um, you know, it's not all IVF or all infertility, but uh, it's just our life. And we're just going as we're, you know, we're just figuring it out as we go and we're just posting as life comes and, yeah, hopefully there's a good update soon. And yeah, we appreciate all the prayers and all of all the people who we know personally or who are just like uh, connecting with our journey somehow through sharing or word of mouth or however it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we're so thankful for just the opportunity to be going through IVF that we're just like, it's a miracle we're here. It still sucks, but we're just going to try and... Um, thank God for this opportunity because we could not have done this without him and especially without our community and um, our friends and family around us. Oh, that's amazing. And we'll have all the links in the show notes so you guys can easily connect and follow uh, Kayla and her journey. Um, But Kayla, as we wrap up your story today, is there anything else that you would want to share to just encourage people as they're becoming who God made them to be too? Yeah, I just want to say keep going. Um, you're not going to get it right the first time and, um, God is with you. And as long as you're like cultivating and honoring that relationship, he's never going to leave you. Uh, people come and go, friendships come and go, 
family is going to disappoint you. Friends are going to disappoint you, but God is that steady, consistent friend. And, um, yeah, just lean on him and, uh, have grace for people around you who don't get it. Um, whether, however the situation may be, whatever season you're in, there will be people that don't get it, but just have grace for them, have grace for yourself and go to therapy. Yes. (laughs) Yes, girl. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Um, the gift of who you are. Um, it's not easy to share all of these different parts of our story and you did, and you invited so many other people, including me into the freedom to really discover who we are and use our voice and set boundaries and lean into the really challenging parts of our stories. Mm -hmm. Um, so thank you for sharing who you are with us. I just, I love you. I respect you and I appreciate you you your friend. Of course. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Becoming Me podcast. If this episode connected and resonated with you, we would love to see your experience. So snap a photo of this episode and share on social media. Don't forget to tag us by tagging at Emily B. Cummins. Learn more about becomingme.tv and find more resources at becomingme.tv.